Hello, I'm Eugene Kim, and I welcome you to On Death, the podcast where we talk about death through the four prompts. I am, before I die, I want, when I die, I want, and after I die, I want. This week, we sit down with Hunter Frost. Hunter is an 18-year-old tree climber, country boy, and survivor. He is also my brother-in-law, and we sat down for this interview two months after a horrific car accident in which he broke his L1 vertebra. During this conversation, we discuss the challenges of tree climbing, the shifts in a four-year relationship that began at 14 years of age, and the harsh perspective of breaking your back in a motor vehicle accident. Before we talk more about Hunter Frost, I want to talk about my long-form Sundays posts. These are my weekly reflections of medical school from the first anatomy lab to now, right before I sit for step two seat K and the beginning of my fourth year of medical school. So on July 8th, I published On a Return to the Grind, or 15 Days to Step 2. This week, I reflected on the step grind. This time around, I'm actually thoroughly enjoying myself when compared to the step one grind a year ago. I get to snuggle with doges, my partner, and a gravid belly. What more can I ask for? Then more recently, on July 15th, I published On Doubt and Interruptions, or 8 Days to Step 2. This week, I reflected on a week filled with study interruptions as I resume the grind and prepare for the last bit of step prep. I'm sorry, you might not be able to hear it, but there's a dog licking linoleum tile in the background, and she's breathing really heavily. I hope I can cut it out, uh, but just in case you wonder what the weird sloppy noises are and why I'm a little distracted, it's because she's just staring at me, licking the tile, and so sad. She just wants me to snuggle with her. Anyway, uh, so uh, as I resume the grind and prepare for the last bit of step prep, the study panic is real and I just need to focus on what I can do now so that I can go into the exam with confidence in myself. So you can find all of my posts uh, at Mobility and Mindfulness Work of the Day. That's mnmwod.com or mnmwod.com. You can also find the all of the reflections collected. Uh, I just published year three on Amazon. And you, the easiest way to search for that is to look for physician education. And my books are the first ones that come up. It's a pretty cool uh, search engine optimization uh, thingy that I did there. Uh, so you can find that uh, both in paperback and Kindle on Amazon, and or you can find them all for free on eminemwad.com. Uh, so back to Hunter. Hunter is Hunter Frost, a country boy, a tree climber, a ginger, and a boyfriend. Before Hunter dies, he wants a nice piece of property, a nice little house, to move up and work, to have his life set, and to travel at some point. When Hunter dies, he wants to be cremated, it to be painless, and to die in his sleep. After Hunter dies, he wants his family taken care of. In conclusion, Hunter says, Oh man, I don't know what to say, to be honest. And that's very fair, Hunter. So this was a really great uh, conversation that we had. Uh, it was about almost uh, seven months ago, eight months ago now. Um, and I, I really, it was when I visited uh, California with my partner, Mackenzie, uh, before we got pregnant. Um, and uh, it was a really great chance for her to visit her brother and her family uh, ap shortly after his accident, uh, in which, he, as I mentioned before, he broke his back. Um, and things were a little bit hairy there. Uh, they weren't sure what was going on. They, they, they didn't identify the broken back initially, and they didn't initially they didn't uh, perform the surgery really quickly. So it was really, really hairy, and it was a really great chance for us to catch up. And I was like, oh, while we're here, I think this would be a really great chance to have a conversation uh, or to record an interview uh, sort of snapshotting that time in his life uh, right after the accident before he returns to work. Um, and it was a really, it was really great because I also hadn't had a chance to really sit down with him because he is uh, significantly younger. Uh, he's uh, eight, he was 18, I think he's 19 now, um, during the interview. And uh, uh, Mackenzie and her sister, uh, Gavin, 
seven, they're about six, seven years, eight years older than he is. So there's a big age gap, and uh, it was a great chance for me to talk with him, uh, my new brother-in-law. And uh, just sort of see where he's at mentally and, and really have that ask some t uh, tough questions of him. And we talked a lot about um, tree climbing. Uh, we talk a lot about it during the uh, warm-up questions, which I will include at the end uh, of the interview, just because we nerd out about climbing and we kind of get into some technical stuff that I think is really interesting to listen to. Uh, but you don't have to, so I'm going to include that at the end. Additionally, um, we talk a lot about his relationship with his girlfriend, who they've been together for four years. Uh, I think that means that they started the relationship at 14, since he's 18 during the interview, and that's a good chunk of his adolescent adult life uh, basically the whole time um, and so what uh, just the, the changes in that perspective uh, f over the four years also uh, they moved in really uh, about five months after they started dating because of a uh, difficulty with housing with his uh, with with Kiana his girlfriend so that was also a really interesting shift to go from like oh we're, we're just high schoolers dating to oh now we're living together and we have to man navigate uh, who's gonna um, where do we put the toothbrushes all that kind of stuff and we also, we also, of course, dig into what it was like after the car accident, um, how he gained that perspective of, uh, oh, gosh, I almost died. And versus, you know, during the accident, he was like, oh, my back really hurts. I'm going to be late for work. Um, and so just like how, uh, like the medicalization of the accident really brought home how serious uh, things could have been and uh, how will that change him going forward uh you know this is the two month mark of where he of of him after the accident and i would love to sort of see where he's at you know a year afterwards when when sort of things are sort of settled and where he's gonna go sort of like uh the one with chris uh who the the my landlord that got shot um by uh, I'll, and i'll reference that later in the show notes Anyway, uh, and also with, I think it was just interesting that his age kind of shows in uh, in the way that he answers some of the questions and the way that he responded. So at one point he says, uh, if I die, um, I would like to be cremated. And I was like, mm, you're definitely going to die. <laughs> so I think you should change your wording on that. Uh, and so it's just really funny because, you know, he's he is still um, in that like uh, like young 18 year old kind of phase of life and uh it's a wonderful phase and it's uh and you know it can be re i remember how annoying it was when people were said you're oh you're so young and it's like oh now i see it uh and, you know as i'm hitting my as i'm about to enter my 30s um and we also and the last thing i want to mention is we also talk about um during this interview at towards the end about the recent death of both of his maternal grandparents or the the parents of his mother uh very very kind of back to back and uh, what was that what that was like for him uh to sort of see both to have his grandparents die and to watch his mother go through that um i think that was a really interesting conversation and i know what it was like for Mackenzie, uh my partner because she was so far away but i was it was also interesting to see uh hunter's perspective since he was so close you know living at home uh with his mom during all of that and so so I hope that you haven't gotten too bored of me, you know, waxing philosophic about this this great conversation. But it was uh, I had a lot of fun, um, especially listening back to it now. It was a really great time because I got to listen to it with Mackenzie, uh, who wasn't present during the interview. So that was her first chance to listen to it. So I hope that you have some coffee ready, some water ready, whatever you want to do. Uh, maybe you have some work lined up as you are ready for this really great conversation with Hunter Frost on death. A quick correction, Hunter at the time of the interview was 20 years old, so that makes him 16 when he started the relationship uh, and 20 at the time of the interview. So, sorry about that. Yeah, 
It is January 4th, 2018, and uh, I'm sitting here in the Frost household with Hunter Frost, and we're going to be talking about death through the four prompts. Hunter, what are the four prompts? I am, before I die I want, when I die I want, and after I die I want. Excellent. And how do you finish that first prompt, I am? I am Hunter Frost. I, uh, I'm a country boy, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I'm a tree climber. Uh, I really don't know how to describe myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what is, what is, uh, I am Hunter Frost. What does it mean to be Hunter Frost to you? Uh, I'm a ginger. In <laughs> <laughs> a house of non-gingers, which is weird, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. What? How did? How was that growing up? Like being like, I'm a redhead, and because you're you're also a li- little bit younger than your your other siblings, right? Yes, yes. Um, oh shoot, how old is Mackenzie? Twenty five now or twenty six? Oh god, you're really putting me on the spot. <laughs> twenty twenty six. Yeah, twenty six. Twenty six. <laughs> yeah. So I'm ten or almost, well six years uh, younger than my o- oldest sibling. Mm-hmm. And. uh like what? How? Yeah. So so you y'all, so compared to your siblings, you're you're a little bit younger, and you are also the the only ginger. Like, did that channel like? How you? It's sort of hard to say. Like asking a fish, like what was it? What is it like swimming in water? The fish only knows water, right? Yeah, yeah. And so like, I'm trying to ask you, like, what is it like for you to be like the the younger the youngest child? You know, yeah. ginger, and it's hard for you to talk about it because it's all you've ever known. But, like, yes. Like, have you ever, like, what What does it mean? Like, have you ever thought about it? What does it mean? Yeah. Hmm. Not necessarily. I I wouldn't say that I've thought about it too hard. But, uh, it, it is different. I mean, I, it's not too different just because all my cousins have red hair. You know, a whole family of my oh, cousins really? have red hair. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. So, it's like, there's red hair all over the family. Mm-hmm. But, uh... I, I, I'm almost, I'm like the second youngest out of the entire family of all my known relatives that I've oh, actually met. I'm yeah. like the second youngest or the third youngest. Yeah, because uh, I, I have talked to a bunch of people who like, you know, got the big extended families and they're really close and like, you know, some of them are either like the older of the, of like their generation or the younger yeah. or right in the middle. And uh, I've. Like, growing up, for me, I never really had much of, like, a connection. Like, some every once in a while, every couple of years, we'd meet up with some of the cousins or whatever. But, like, I never really had that, like, feeling of, like, I was a part of, like, this generation, you know? Yeah. And, and also, uh, especially part of that, like, I never really had, like, a, I'm, I'm within, like, in this part of the spectrum of that generation. Like, yeah. How did it feel to be, like, one of the younger folks in there? That's definitely a little odd. I mean, it's, um, thankfully, a lot of us uh, are all pretty close in age you know within 10 or 15 years mm-hmm. pretty much all of our family is uh pretty close but um yeah i guess mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> and you're also a country boy right yes sir what does that mean um i don't know i'd like to think that it means uh <laughs> uh you know i'm not exactly sure how to describe being a country person um, I guess just different, a different set of values than what, uh, pop culture mm-hmm. is accustomed to. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I feel like I have different values than, um, what a lot of other people might believe in. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, um, 
I don't know. I like to help people. A lot of people don't really help people no more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Have you, have you, can you think of any instance, like, does any story come to mind of, like, where, where that, like, difference in value uh, was highlighted uh, compared to other people or, like, where you had those values challenged? Hmm. Um, well, I mean, you can see it all over the place. Like, I live in a place called Triple C, which is the ghetto. You know, there's gangbangers running around everywhere and all that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, like, complete change up from what I'm used to, you know, I'm not... I'm used mm-hmm. to being the only house within five acres, six acres, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean this this place is like you know there's a couple hundred people back there, and <laughs> those they're, the gangbangers are out there all night doing their whistles and all that and stuff. It's mm-hmm. you know it's uh, I don't know it's just it's different. It's it's way different in the city. I feel like than it is, uh, and maybe it's just the part of the city I'm in, but uh, yeah. Cause, uh, cause also like some people would, you know, like a, like a New Yorker might describe where you're living as like suburban, right? Yeah. And like you describe it as like a city. Yeah. And so it's like that, like, that's also like <laughs> funny, like little, little contrast and, and like just, uh, growing up here and, or like, you know, in this area where you're the only house, as you said, in like a couple acres, um, does that like, how does that. Because, I mean, last night you spent, you sp- stayed up to, like, 2 a.m. working on your car, right? Yes, sir. And, like, that's, you know, that's not something that I have ever grown up doing. And I feel like I, I grew up in, like, what you would probably call, like, the city. Because, you know, <laughs> like, pretty suburban, like, relatively rural, but still pretty suburban. And, like, how has, like, uh, growing up where, you know, you kind of needed level of self-sufficiency uh, to, to live out here, you know, you can't, there's, there's just like, you don't have access to as much stuff, but it's available, like, you go out there, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's definitely, um, I'm very fortunate to have people like my dad, uh, teach me all the things that I know, because I can pretty much do anything that it requires to, uh, live on, you know, be self-sufficient. I can do pretty much anything, so I'm, I'm very happy about that. Mm. And uh, you also said you're a tree climber, right? Yes, sir. And uh, what is what is that uh, like? The, a climber of trees, right? Like, yes, sir. Like, <laughs> what is what is it like? Why like we talked a little bit about this in like the warm up questions, but like, uh, why do you climb those trees? Is it important? Like, is it is it like a thing of conquering the trees, or is it just the whole process of like I'm looking up at this tree and I have to get up there? Hmm, that's a hard one because I've been cutting wood all my life, so I was always intrigued by logging and stuff like that mm-hmm. but um climbing a tree is a whole different monster it's uh very frightening uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no i mean it's uh what, what was the question again? i'm sorry like what does it mean to be a tree climber like what is like because like so like what i think of sort of like you know while you were talking about you growing up cutting wood and like processing the wood it's sort of like you grew up being a butcher, almost. Yeah. You know, like, you, you processed the meat uh, into food. Yeah. But you never really hunted the animal. Yeah. You know, and, like, climbing the tree sounds like you're really, like, you're hunting. Like, yeah. you're, you're going through the whole, like, there's the whole process of, like, getting the tree down, and then there's a the whole process of turning the tree into into firewood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, every tree is 100% different. There's no one single tree or two two trees that are exactly the same, you mm-hmm. know? 
They're, I mean, they might be similar, but no tree is going to have the same feel whatsoever. Mm. So every tree is a different type of thing that you have to tackle. <laughs> so, and it, yeah, I don't know. Is there, is there, uh, and in that way, like, you know, respecting the fact that each tree is different and, like, even, like, one oak is not going to be like another oak, like, how, has that changed the way you look at trees, your relationship to trees? Oh, definitely. I mean, I feel like I actually respect trees more now than I did before I started climbing, you know? Mm -hmm. Before, I mean, like, I still respected trees. I'm not just going to go cut down random trees for no reason. Mm -hmm. I only cut dead trees. I only do this. I only do that. But, uh... Um, we do it for money, you know, if somebody's paying us to take out this tree, well, we're going to take out that tree. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's all right. I mean, a lot of people don't have the value of trees that I feel like, um, most tree climbers do. Cause a lot of tree climbers respect trees, mm -hmm. you know, they feel like trees are the only reason we're here. My foreman actually believes that trees are directly related to evolution mm -hmm. and he did so i mean i don't know i i he had a good point <laughs> would, would you explain that a little bit um it's kind of hard to say because without trees we wouldn't have any oxygen or anything like that so without trees and uh, other plant-based you know life forms and stuff like that we wouldn't mm -hmm. have any of the stuff that we know and love today and mm -hmm. keep us alive mm-hmm and, like, so much of, of, of what makes a human different from other animals is our ability to make fire. And it's really hard to make fire without something to burn. Right? <laughs> yes, sir. And, uh, like, I don't know. I, I've, uh, there, was, there was, like, a, a week or two where I, I spent every day and I was like, I'm going to climb a tree today. Like, you know, and it, you know, they were, like, you know, like, sort of, like, about these heights. And like, nothing too crazy. Like, yeah. only got maybe, like, 15, 20, 30 feet up there. But it was still, like, I was like, oh, this is very different. Like, they, like trying to figure out, like, what is the root of like to get up this tree like I'm sure that there are like you know if I was really skilled or want to do some like big explosive movements I could like get up there in cool ways but like you know for each tree there's going to be like a root up like yeah. and, and it might not be a, uh, initially um seen but like how like do you when you look at a tree do you really like how how, how could I get up there or do you just kind of like appreciate that tree when you see it a little bit of both actually I mean at first when you first pull up uh, we always talk about the tree, you know, for 10, 15 minutes, we do nothing but talk about the tree, <laughs> what the risks are with this tree, what the, uh, what the great things about this tree are. And then, uh, actually going into the tree, most of the guys already have it figured out by the time they've taken one look at the tree. Mm -hmm. Like, but a lot of the time you're also cutting every single branch on the way up. So it doesn't matter as much. If you're um, taking a certain route, the only times it matters about routes is uh, like when we do PG&E work where we have to skip tons of branches and, you know, only go up to where the power lines are on the tree and trim oh, those branches. I see. Okay. Those, that's where the route becomes important because now you have to weave yourself through all these branches before you can get up to where you can cut. Mm-hmm. It's a pain in the ass. Because also something I didn't think about is that you need to take something up there with you to cut things down. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yes. it's, not, it's not like you're just climbing. You're also climbing with all with some gear. Right? Yes, yes. You have close to 50 pounds of gear, not including your saws. Oh, oh not including your saws. Yeah. Oh, dang. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot to just ruck around with and like walk on the ground. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a whole different beast to climb with.
And uh, and one thing that I like, you know, when I hear about like like people climbing trees, cutting them down, it you know it might give you an idea of what that means. Like, what is their relationship to trees? But it almost sounds like you have like like sort of like the analogy I was making earlier, like a hunter. Like you know, like a hunter doesn't necessarily like a, a person who doesn't hunt might think that they're just slaughtering animals, you know? But, like, you have to develop a relationship with deer in order to hunt deer. You have to think Absolutely. like a deer. You have to understand what do they like to do in the morning, what do they like to do at night, how do they get between the two places, what are their preferred routes. Absolutely. And, like, you have to, like, re- you become much more intimate with it just by trying to kill it, yes. you know? And in that same way, you you develop a, a relationship. And I think it's interesting that you spend, like, 10, 15 minutes talking about the tree. Like, even if it's, like, just talking shop, it's almost like you're, like, like it's almost like a little like a weird like industrial prayer to yeah. the tree. You're like, yeah. we're gonna take the sucker down, uh, and like let's let's really look at it. Let's let's really like investigate it rather than just like saw the trunk down. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And every every tree is different. You know, it's uh, I've already said that, but you know, it's uh, it's it's really cool. I mean, honestly, you wouldn't there. Nobody respects trees more than I think lumberjacks and all those guys i mean they might not seem like it because they're the ones cutting them down but uh you know they're putting their hands on them. yeah putting yeah. their bodies up there yeah right? we spend all of our time with trees how much mm-hmm. do you spend mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a fair point uh did you have a religious or spiritual upbringing to your childhood somewhat yes i mean um we were raised mormon mm-hmm. um and but we didn't we're not a family that's like devout you know like you we're gonna go every single sunday you know we would go you know once a month twice Mm -hmm. a month maybe and um so i mean yes we were a religious family but um not not super super Mm -hmm. devout or anything like that um and and again this is like the asking a fish about the water it grew up in like what was it like growing up mormon because that is not necessarily that is not the the common like flavor of christianity that most folks are grown up to and in, and in fact i've i know a lot of like uh you know more traditional like like baptist folks that like don't even really consider mormonism a, a branch of christianity you think of it as something entirely different and like what what was your like and and I know that you you're saying that you're not you know, super religious, um, but like, what was that like? Like, how did that change the like the, the fabric of it? It it's um interesting that you'd say that um, uh, basically like during school, and everything like that, all the way up until um, college probably. Me and my friends didn't think anything about the Mormon thing. Like it, it meant nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, it was weird. I actually didn't know that people, not didn't like them, but make fun of Mormons and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, just for being Mormon. It's like yeah, you know, I it was different. You know, because I'd never experienced that, and just being a Mormon really didn't mean anything. You know, it mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was a. Um, like bad or good or neutral, it was just you know, well, it was neutral. It was just I just thought it was Mormonism. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, would you consider yourself a Mormon now? Like, what is your relationship to the Mormon faith? My, I, I haven't been to church in so long. <laughs> it's yeah, it's been a long time since I've been to church. Mm-hmm. But do you need to go to church to be a Mormon? No, like, no, know, absolutely not. Um, I mean, honestly, I would probably say that. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a religious person at all, mm-hmm. really. 
I believe that there is a higher power, but I don't know what it is, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure. So I, I am religious to an extent, but at the same time, you know, I'm ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Sort of that, like, spiritual but not religious. Yes, kind of yeah, yeah. And, and also dealing with such uh, very different life forms as trees on a regular basis. You know, there are some, uh, like, uh, we were just in the Redwoods, uh, like, earlier this week, and it was sort of like uh, one writer described it as almost like a cathedral. Yeah. And, like, it's almost like that could be a church, you know? Like, the, like with those trees being up there and doing that, it's almost like a form of, of like, uh, of, of reverence and, and, and worship of something that is, like, way different and bigger than you, right? Absolutely. And is there, uh, like, do you, do you see that relationship to uh, religion changing in the future? Or, or would something, like, some change that you can't even imagine happening happening to make that? That'd be really interesting. People started worshiping trees and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah, no, I mean, I could see, uh, like, do, are you talking about, like, countrywide or, like, worldwide? No, for you, for, for you, me? like, like, do you, do you see yourself going back to church? Like, is there... Any... Oh, probably not. No? No, probably not. Just, just totally, just, it's got, it's kind of... It's like, done. That, there, and that's the thing about, like, our generation is it's sort of like that's the backdrop to your, you grew up with it. And then you kind of go off into your own thing later yes. as you grow up. Yeah. And so you are Hunter Frost. Yes, sir. You are a country boy. And I think you said that there was a, a, a third thing, right? Was there? I feel like there was. Maybe there was. Oh, tree, tree climber. There it yes, was. Yes, yes. Uh, is there something else that you are? Hmm. I'm a boyfriend. Um, you know, I've had a girlfriend for four years now. Mm-hmm. Which is what a fifth of your life, twenty percent of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. that's that's pretty cool. What does it mean to be a boyfriend? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> the trap opens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, I, honestly, I, I've learned a lot being a boyfriend, and I'm sure you have too. Mm-hmm. Is oh man, every it's kind of like trees. Every single day is gonna be a surprise and different. <laughs> <laughs> And it's it's cool, but uh, yeah, no, and I love my girlfriend. I love her very much. How so? I guess uh, um, it's okay. So it's it's one thing to be in a relationship with somebody, and it's another thing to be a boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like yes. they're they're slightly different like ways of looking at it. And so like how how was being a boyfriend in like month one different versus being a boyfriend in, in year two versus now in year oh, four. Oh, man, it's it's crazy. You know you know how it is with relationships. Day one is always, you know, you're, you're having fun for the first six to eight months of your relationship. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's always fun. Everything that you're doing is fun. You know, you're only going on dates to do fun things. <laughs> and then, you know, mm-hmm. my girlfriend actually, um, after we'd been dating for about five months, she moved in and lived with me for a year almost Mm, mm -hmm. and um we're well here actually in this house but um so it's it all changed very fast for me because it went from you know doing all the fun stuff that people do in a relationship for about four months to straight into her living with me Mm -hmm. because her and her mom were homeless so I, you know, gave her a place to stay, and it, but it just went, you know, it was like, 
boom to straight into like a relationship and it's mm. like oh shit <laughs> like oh we have to share the same bathroom yeah uh, I, I like want like maybe hear her poop it's like all that <laughs> stuff <laughs> you know, like changes like it goes from yeah the goo goo like eyes to like okay now uh put the seat down <laughs> yeah like that yeah, kind of stuff. yeah exactly exactly mm-hmm. so I, I don't know then the change has been um Drastic, you know. I'd say that me and her are closer to a, like a married couple now mm-hmm. than we are to um, to uh, kids. Uh, you know, just getting into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, yeah, because you know, a lot of folks by the time that they've been in a relationship for four years, like that's when like marriage talk happens, right? Yeah. Or like maybe people, like Mackenzie and I were already got married. <laughs> yeah, point, yeah. You know, it's a very interesting thing to like know somebody and to be that intimately involved with them for that long, and yeah. especially. At, during during a time where you're uh, developing and you're becoming the person who you are, you know, yeah. like versus if you start if you date somebody for four years and you're thirty five, yeah, you know, you're 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 pretty set when you're thirty one, and then when you're thirty five, you're, you're kind of the same person versus yeah. like who you are now versus who you were four years ago, probably pretty different, completely right? different. Yeah, I was going on a completely different path. Yeah, yeah. And and how has being a boyfriend changed that path? Hmm. You know, honestly, um, I'm not sure exactly, but uh, I know that uh, it's become a lot more important to me to, uh, I mean, work has always been very important to me just because that's how I've always been brought up. My dad is, you know, workaholic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I think that's transferred into my life and it's, it's, it's kind of hard to deal with because. I like to work and I like to provide and I mean but it's hard because at the same time working all the time she doesn't like it you know Mm. I I, I work all the time and that's just my personality is that's what I like to do I like to work because that's what I've always been accustomed to Mm -hmm. so I I don't know it's it's just it's your your priority shift yeah yeah because like uh before I met Mackenzie um, I, you know, I would spend a lot of my time in the gym, like, you know, like, you know, I get, take, get finished classes and then like from five to like seven or five to eight, I'd be like putzing around in the gym for a while, you know, doing my thing. And I was like, this is great. That was like, that was just how I spent my time. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, once I start dating and once we start getting more serious, it's like, I can't do that. As well. <laughs> like, you know, and, and there, there are certain like ideas that you have about like who you are and like what the way that you like or like your, even your future like you know like when I was when I was younger when I was like you know 16 when you started your relationship with Kiana it was almost like a uh, like oh man maybe I could spend like a year like offshore like drilling you know like that yeah. kind of you know like or fit you know like just like the just like wild imaginations of like let me see how hard I can work like let yeah. me see like what would that lifestyle like can I can I live up to that you know like or maybe I'll join the military you know like, all yeah. that kind of stuff and that changes when once you have somebody who's like, dude, I'm waiting for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. It, things change. It, yeah. And so, uh, so you're a Hunter Frost. You are a country fella. You are a tree climber and boyfriend. Is there something else on that list? I don't believe so. It's a good list. <laughs> uh, how do you finish the next prompt before I die? I want. Before I die, I want a nice piece of property, like maybe 15, 20 acres, mm-hmm. a nice little house, um, hopefully Keanu will be my wife and we'll have a family, 
um, uh, move up at work so that I don't have to work as goddamn hard and I don't have to be a <laughs> tree climber anymore. <laughs> so hopefully by then I'll be pretty high in my company to where I don't have to work as hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, that's before I die I want to basically have my life set. You know, I just and at some point I would love to travel, but you know. That's not realistic at this point in time. So let's let's break some of these things down. Uh, you want a little? You want a house on some land? Yes, sir. Do you know where you want that land to be? I like California, but um, probably not in California. Why is that? Um, just because of all the laws. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like they have a lot of dumb gun laws and car laws. I want to be able to soup up my truck as much as I want and I want to be able to shoot whatever the fuck I want. Do you have so so do you have like an imagination like what like are we talking like Midwest or are we talking about Pacific North Northwest like in the Northeast like do you have that vision in your brain of like where 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 does that land sit is it like heavily forested is it like mm. plainsy is like you know what I mean? Definitely has to have trees. I love trees. Mm-hmm. Has to have some trees on it. But um no, I'd actually prefer flatter land than foresty land. Foresty land is just too beat up. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's a, I'd like some flat land, some nice flat land with some oak trees. It'd probably have to be closer to the west coast than to uh, the east coast or the midwest. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'd probably Idaho, any, somewhere in there, you yeah. know, Oregon. All right. And uh, would you? What would you do with that land? Like, would you? Would you just like have it there around you? Would you manage it actively? Like, what would you do? I've had a lot of ideas mm-hmm. that I would like to incorporate once I have a house. Um, I'd love to start doing cattle again, like I did when I was a kid. You know, we used to have cows, quite a few cows. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to get back into cattle and some more, like you know, self-sufficient stuff, gardening. All that is definitely gonna happen. Um, you know, oh shit, what was, there's, there's a few other things, you know, <laughs> just like, but you know, I, I do have plans for the property, for sure. Gotcha. And, uh, so you wanted a piece of land, you wanted, uh, uh, Keanu to be your wife and to have some kids, maybe? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. It, I mean, it depends on how old I am by the time this, uh, <laughs> happens. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. And, um... What is is it important? Like, like I'm. Uh, are you are you talking? Are you thinking uh, like kids of your own adopting? Uh, what 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 about if having children and you know putting your brain into those little brains is important to you? Oh, it's extremely important. Um, I mean, I pr- I would probably rather have my own kids rather than adopt. I mean, it's kind of a piece of shit thing to say, but. It's honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take I'll take honest and piece of shit over. Mine, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but um, so yeah, no, I mean, I I'd rather have my own kids. Um, but oh, shit, I'm sorry, I can't remember the question exactly. Uh, what what about a family is important to you? Hmm. But having your own family. Oh man, that, that's that's pretty hard actually, because uh, I don't know. I I'll have to raise my kids somewhat close to how my dad raised me. Work's gonna be very important to him, mm-hmm. and uh, responsibility, all that stuff. You know, I don't know. I don't know what about family makes it super important. I know that uh, 
I love my family very dearly, you know. But uh, I can't exactly put my put the words in my mouth, you know, mm-hmm. that describe exactly how family is. It's like primal, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like trying to describe why you like fire. It's yeah. Like, it's hard. It's just like it's cool. It's yeah. Just like... yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, and uh, and and uh, so one thing that you were saying was like you want to be high up. Uh, high up enough in the company that you don't have to go high up in the trees. Right? <laughs> Pretty and, much is is um is the tree climber is that like more of like a like a new guy position like the young young fella thing? Oh no no that that would be um what I want to do would be more of a foreman position mm-hmm. and so um what you do basically is you have four groups of guys you've got four groups of two. And then you've got you and one other guy. Mm-hmm. So you and the one other guy, you guys go off and you do your own thing for a couple hours. But every couple hours, you have to go and make your rounds to all those other crews to make sure that they're being safe and no problems have arised or anything mm-hmm. like that. So basically, you still work, but you don't have to work near as hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right. And uh, is there something about, um, like... So, so you see yourself working with trees and doing doing this kind of work, or like related to this work for the future. Yeah, I could I could see it. Um, I mean, it's either going to be this or construction. You know, I've got friends on uh, both sides. Mm-hmm. I've got friends in logging. I've got friends in uh, construction and stuff like that. So, I mean, really, that's the plan right now. Is I've got this tree job. I'm going to stick it out and see. I mean. I've only been there like eight months now, and three of those months I've been off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I mean, so, I really like it, but I'm not sure if it's something I want to do for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Or really if you can do it for 30 or 40 years, you mm-hmm. know? Especially with um, the injury I just received, you know, I broke my L1, or I had a uh, burst fracture to my L1 vertebra. Mm-hmm. And so it's... um. It's definitely going to make it a challenge, but I met a climber the other day who broke L3, 4, and 5, and he he is Dang. doing fine. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Not really. <laughs> He's all hunched over. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, how do you finish that next prompt? When I die, I want. When I die. When I die, I want to, um, I'm not sure. I think I want to be cremated, actually, and then, like, thrown over. Grand Canyon or something. Yeah? <laughs> I'm not sure. But um, that's kind of a hard question, too, really. Yeah, it is. It's a real tough one. When I die. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know how to answer that. Let me, so let me ask you this. You, um, you were maybe not necessarily super close to it. Like, I don't know what your experience of... That car accident was that broke your L one, um, but you you kind of have you you brushed with it you brushed death a little bit close, yeah closer than most I would say right yeah and uh, how did, how has that experience changed the way you kind of think about this question like how would how like you might answer this question like with hesitancy now but maybe like. Two years ago, would you have been more like, eh, I, I want this, like, you know, like yeah. more sure, like, you know, like, sort of like, really being exposed to something makes you be like, oh, I don't know as much as I thought I did, you know? Yeah, no, definitely, that's, yeah, you make a good point there, um, yeah, definitely, 
I mean, when it was happening, I mean, all I thought at the time was, man, my back really hurts. (laughs) 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 But, uh, (laughs) you know, I didn't know how serious it was. I I just thought that my back was super sore from landing wrong or whatever. But, um, I, yeah, I had no idea how serious it was and how close from such a fast thing that happened, you know. It all happened, it felt like, in 30 seconds or less, you know. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, I could have been paralyzed, I could have been killed, you know. Instead of going across the road, I could have just went straight into the telephone pole mm-hmm. or something like that, you know. And uh, so, I, I mean, it definitely does make you think, you know, because, you know, I, I don't wear my seatbelt. I don't, I don't do anything like that. I, I speed, you know, especially around corners and stuff. But it made me think, you know, right after then that somebody doing the exact same things that I do on my way to work or on my way home from work got me hurt, you know. Somebody else got me hurt. I could hurt somebody else someday or mm-hmm. kill somebody mm-hmm. or kill myself or hurt myself and... No, it just it, it does. It makes you think, you know. You, it could happen so fast, and at any time, you wouldn't even know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting. And uh, one question that I have for you, like one thing that I'm, I'm really wondering now is like, have you re- have you uh, returned to some of those pa- habits, like you know, speeding around corner? Like now that you're a little, you got a little bit of distance from it, or or do you really have, or have, do you feel like this this like healthy respect of like what could I have done? What could I have done to myself? Like, has it really stuck with you? It's actually stuck me with me fairly well. I mean, I still don't wear my seatbelt, but that's not ever going to happen. I will not wear my seatbelt. <laughs> but um, I don't, I don't speed anywhere. I haven't sped anywhere since I broke my back. Um, I feel like I've been doing pretty good, honestly. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but the, yeah, the only thing is I, I won't wear my seatbelt. <laughs> so that's fair that's that's you know it's you gotta choice. make a compromise somewhere yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah if you wear a helmet while you drive it's, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah yeah exactly all right and um like do you do you look like how how do you look at uh the way that you know because you know you think i could have died you know that that could have happened and you didn't uh, you're you're walking around. You're doing stuff. You're working on your car till two a.m. Like that. You're, <laughs> yeah. You're you 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 you're kind of like gifted that opportunity of like, I kind of have a second chance. Like maybe you didn't really notice it during the experience. Like oh, yeah. this is like a good thing. You know, and that like I have like, for like generally speaking, like I'm I have my wits about me. You know, I have my physical capabilities generally about me. Like uh, how how does that feel to have like kind of know that or like do you even really feel that it was like a second chance? Yeah, it's somewhat, and then in another way, I mean, I was just you know thankful that it wasn't worse. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I I didn't think of it so much as a second chance as I thought of it as um, well at least it wasn't worse than what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, because to be honest, I mean, I don't know. If, after it happened or you know it, it it was a while after until i realized you know i could have been dead you know it, mm. it wasn't like immediately after you know like i was thinking oh shit i could have been dead just then no mm. i wasn't even thinking that i was like shit how's my jeep how am i gonna get to work <laughs> like that that was one of the first thoughts that went through my head was like mm-hmm. man how the hell am i gonna get too freaking cool from here mm-hmm. on foot <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh-huh. And, and when do you, when did you start to get that that perspective on on that experience? Like, uh, was it weeks later? Was it like after a conversation with somebody? Was it just thinking by yourself? Days later, probably I would say in the hospital. You know, yeah. when a I, lot of time to think. Yeah, just a lot of time to think. You know, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And hospitals are weird places, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck hospitals. <laughs> yeah. It's not a great place to be. It's not a great place to be if you need to be there. It's not a great, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just you know, it's, it's, you, nobody's like, I'm really glad I get to go to the hospital. So, like, uh, what, el- what else do you want when you, like, have you thought about what you want, like, you you you've you've been faced with like it could have happened, but like how would you want your death to look like? What do you want it to feel like? Mm, painless. Yeah. If if I die, I want to die in my sleep or something. I don't know. I think it's a you will die. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when I die, yeah, I want to die in my sleep yeah. or anything that kills me fast as long as I'm not like mangled or something I wouldn't want to be mangled or anything but uh I, I just want it to be fast yeah is that and is that from this this uh, experience like that's that's really where that comes from or has that always been there is like I guess what I'm asking is like um, what are there are there deaths that you've that you've, you're familiar with or that you've known intimately that have really colored this experience of like I want it to be painless and quick um absolutely i mean all my life both of my parents have been in nursing and they always come home with just awful stories of people living on and on and on and not necessarily wanting to but still living even though they're in incredible amounts of pain Mm -hmm. and that's i've i decided long ago that's not something i want for me Mm -hmm. yeah i i definitely let me go yeah yeah and uh do you um and you want it to be you want to be cremated when you die yes what uh why why cremation versus like getting like a tree planted or like you know getting buried you know hmm um i don't know i i guess cremation just seems kind of more uh spiritual i guess you know Mm -hmm. you come from the earth and then in the end, you're returning to the earth mm-hmm. in the same form as the earth. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just think that's interesting. I see. And uh, how do you finish the next prompt, after I die, I want? After I die? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what happens after I die. Um, are you talking about here on earth, I want? however you want to approach it. So there are a couple ways you can approach this question. You can talk about uh, what your experience of after death will be like. Uh, you can talk about what you want for people on this earth after you die, you know. You can talk about what you want for life as a whole after, you know, after you go on in 10,000 years. Uh, there's all sorts of, like, ways to approach it. Hmm. Considering there is an afterlife... I think it'd be really cool to uh, there be a um, a god or something, you know, someone mm-hmm. that you can meet and ask uh, all the questions that you've always wondered <laughs> about the world. Um, so I think that would be really cool if there is an afterlife. That'd be really badass. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
No, I, I just hope that um, after I die, um, I'm hope that I can have my family taken care of or, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that my family is good and I hope that if I die before my girlfriend, you know, I hope that she's not too broken up about it even though I know she will be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but y- you know how it is. Sort of the nature of the beast. Yeah. Like, grief is tough. Has there... Um, um, has there been a death that has affected you greatly? Hmm. Recently, I did have both of my grandparents on my mom's side pass away, mm-hmm. which was, I mean, it was it was pretty sad. I mean, because I I was relatively close to my grandparents, you know, my mm-hmm. nana and papa. I wasn't super close, but I definitely was pretty close, and it is pretty sad to see them go. But I, in the end. I can realize that them moving on into the next life, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. was better off than them staying here. Mm. And is is that sort of that that like being able to just go? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think that they, like my papa, you know, he was a World War Two veteran and all this. Oh dang! He deserved to move on. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't need to go through. All that pain before he dies and all that. I think he just needed to go. Mm-hmm. And like my nana, you know, she was miserable without my papa there. Mm-hmm. And half mm-hmm. the time she wasn't, she didn't even know that he wasn't not there, you know, because she had dementia. Mm-hmm. And so she would every day was like, "Oh shit, papa's gone." I'm like, <laughs> we yeah. So it's like, yeah, like, yeah, do we, yeah. Do we break it to her? <laughs> like, think, yeah. yeah. So I mean, honestly, it was. They both passed away, but in the end, I'm happy about it because I think they get they got what they needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that's really interesting about that is, you know, it's it's one thing for them to die, but then it's also another thing for for your mom to have her parents die. Absolutely. You know, like how how was that watching watching her experience? Of it? Um, honestly, uh, it was very interesting. My mom's a very sh- strong lady very strong strong person and uh you know i i've seen her cry you know before and stuff but uh and she cried at the funeral and everything but i mean i'd expect you to but Mm -hmm. um no she's a very tough lady and uh i don't know the way her and my dad raised me was to uh you know i i Shit, I don't even know how to say. Really, it's uh, it's 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 kind of. It was different to see my mom. It was you know deal with the grief process and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, you know, I believe that she's maybe st- still going through it a little bit mm-hmm. or something. You know, and I don't know. It's, but I I do. I think my mom is a very strong lady, and uh, I respect her extremely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are some layers of grief that just take yeah take years, a long time yeah decades. To I mean, those are parents, and I could understand that if I lost my parents, I'd be pretty sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you would be pretty sad about it. <laughs> yeah. I'd hope I'd be sad about it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't know. It was different. It was definitely different. Um, you know, seeing my mom be in such a vulnerable place, mm-hmm. kind of. You know what I mean? 
did that did that whole experience did it teach you something about what grief is like you know you're, you're saying you want uh like your family to be you know they're, they're, to be as fine without you as possible but like you know having seen what that really like when somebody goes or when two people go like that like has that changed what 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 you think about like grief and and uh, mourning mm, probably a little bit um uh, yeah, I don't know, to be honest. It's tough because they're older. You know, they yeah. live their lives. Yeah, dude served in World War Two. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's a different beast versus like you know if you're yeah let's say you're twenty three and it happens. Yeah, you know? absolutely. No, absolutely. I yeah, it would be devastating probably to happen more when you're young. Mm-hmm. I feel like the older you are, the more full of life you lived, the less grief and the less. Um, actual healing time you need because you know that they lived a full life and that uh, mm-hmm. whereas they might not have done everything they wanted to do you know I mean that's how life is you know you, you move on because you have to mm-hmm. you don't get to wrap up everything yeah exactly yeah yeah so uh, so after you die um, are you are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future? Like, what are your thoughts about where where things are going? Whether you're talking about like, uh, you know, your family, uh, this country, the world, like life as a whole, including like weird technologies. So, like, where where do, are you? Where do you think things are going? Optimistic for my family. Mm-hmm. Pessimistic for the world. Why? Um, I I think the world is just. You know, fucked. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> uh, we use all of our natural resources, you know, way too fast. Mm-hmm. Trees included. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's, I don't know, just the state of affairs and the way the news goes. You know, there's a mass shooting in the States every week, it seems like, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's just, it seems like everything's going to the crapper. And we'll see, I mean... It's 2018 now. We'll see where it goes, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what it holds, what the future holds. Uh, so I have a question for you. Like, what, what, what is your, like, what are your thoughts about that? You know, utilizing resources too fast, and and you, you know, in in some ways, you participate in it. You know, you yeah. make your living off of it. Absolutely. Like, what is, what are your thoughts on that? Like that relationship to it, and you know. Yes, you do get a strong relationship with trees and the outdoors through that through that process, but it also is the process by which we utilize we overutilize uh, the resources that we're given. Absolutely, and that's where I would say like, because um, our company actually does a lot of subcontracting for PG and E, so mm-hmm. we're constantly cutting trees away from power lines, cutting down trees that are in the ways of power lines, mm-hmm. or we do a lot of work for uh, government kind of entities Mm -hmm. and so it's like if the demand for all this you know government and stuff like that if the demand for power wasn't so excessive maybe we wouldn't have to Mm -hmm. utilize all these things so fast i mean that and i mean we have a ever-growing population that's growing way too fast for a planet Mm -hmm. and uh you just can't keep up on the resources you need to maintain this amount of people on this planet. Mm-hmm. It's tough, and it's like, uh, like if if your company didn't do it, somebody else would. Exactly, you know, it's one of those. It's Somebody's really... always gonna do it for some money. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, what do you, like, what are you, you know, if there is an afterlife, uh, like you said, it would be maybe pretty badass. Like, what, what do you think it would be like? You know, would you have that, like you said, like a conversation with, with, with God, uh, with something? Or, or like, what would it feel like? What would it look like? Can you even imagine? Like, do you have any experience that will help you understand what that, what that would be like? You know, honestly, I don't. I can tell you what I'd hope for. and <laughs> But I feel like what I'd hope for and what is, like, popular belief is, like, pretty much the same. You know, it's like, I don't feel like heaven is up or down. You know, I don't think, you know, hell or whatever... I don't know. I just don't see why there should be levels, you know, mm-hmm. like why any specific way should be where heaven is. But, um, you know, how it's always up in the clouds and everybody's wearing all white and yada, yada, yada. I don't, I don't know. I, I hope it's not like that though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. No? I mean, I think it'd be way cooler if it was something, you know, different than, um, than that. Yeah. That's fair. All right. And uh, what is there anything else that you want after you die? Hmm. You know, nothing I can think of. Because that'll be after I die. I don't want nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And, uh, you know, we've been talking for what? Like uh, about an hour now. And uh, I want to give you the floor uh, to address the audience. Whoever's, whoever in the future is listening Ooh, to that little mic. People. I don't know. I don't know them that well. You know, people listen. I don't know why. I don't know uh, for, to what end. But people listen. And, um, you know, whoever that is, whether it's, you know, in a couple of weeks or maybe in a couple of years, whenever they take a peek, peruse this and, and uh, listen to your responses and they're like, oh, what, uh, you, I want you to, to give you the floor to be able and the, the, the time to speak directly to them. Whoever, whoever's listening through this hmm. little microphone in the future, um, the floor is yours. Oh, man. I don't even know what to say, to be honest. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's fair. That's I don't fair. have nobody to talk to. <laughs> All right, well... You guys are on your own. Yeah, on your own. That's it. Uh, so uh, this has been a really great pleasure. I know that uh, this is a weird time for you. Right, it's a uh, it's a weird transition point for you, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where you go from here and how uh, how those lessons of like what that experience was like and how it carries over in the future. Absolutely, uh, thank you so much, Hunter. Uh, this has been Hunter Frost on Death. All right, so uh, what is your name and how do you spell it? Hunter H U N T E R. And uh, is there a story behind why you were named Hunter? Like, did, does does your folk, do your parents like want? Did they like want you to be a hunter? Like, um, no, no specific story on that that I know of yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, what is your age? Uh, twenty. Twenty. And uh, uh, what is your ge- gender identity and preferred set of pronouns? Uh, male, and I guess uh, Mister. Mr. And uh, when I say home, what do you think of? Probably this. 
this place yeah. this this like kind of like between the orchard thing yeah cause you didn't this isn't like your you didn't like you weren't like born like you were your folks like recently moved here right oh yeah yeah I mean I guess Loma Rica would definitely be my hometown mm-hmm. but this would be what I would call home why uh where family is yeah is yeah. that the big is that the big thing like if they're if they were in Tallahassee Florida that then that, that would become home no no not necessarily not in, uh, I don't know. This has been our hometown forever, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, like, you know the roads, you kind of know where everything is. Yes, sir. It's an important part of home. Um, what, uh, what is something in the past six months that you've been proud of? Hmm. Probably climbing trees. Yeah? Starting to climb more. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> why, uh, why are you proud of that? Um... Basically conquering a fear, you know, I have a fear of heights. When I get up there, it's very scary, mm-hmm. and you don't really want to move, but, you know, you have to. But, so yeah, I'm pretty proud of myself for getting through that and being able to go and get my jobs done. Yeah, yeah, so like how, uh, like what kind of, what, how, like what are the heights that we're talking about? What kind of trees are we talking about? Um, well, any type of tree, uh, oak, pine, you know, conifers, whatever. Um, but anywhere between 60 and 250 feet. That's pretty high up. Yeah. That's pretty high up. <laughs> and, like, uh, are you doing this, like, uh, like, you know, like, I'm, I'm familiar with, like, rock climbing. And so, like, you know, when you do, like, uh, lead climbing, you'll, like, have these, like, little, um, little, like, holes in the wall or, like, little, um, bolts in the wall that you can, like, kind of strap into so that if you, so you strap into it and then as you climb up, you strap into the next one. So you only fall to, like, the, the most recent one. Is there, like, yeah. a safety system in place like that? Absolutely, yeah. We, um, there's, there's two different systems for climbing a tree. There's the one rope system and then there's the two rope system. Mm-hmm. And the two rope system is basically the same thing you were saying. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different than rock climbing. So you have your flip line, which goes around where your waist is, and then you have a climb line, which you throw up above you as far as you can mm-hmm. so that it takes your body weight off of uh you, you don't have to have your body weight resting on yourself mm-hmm. and uh and it works the same way because once then once you get up to there you can't fall any farther past that gotcha and uh how like <laughs> how did you get over this fear was it just being like all everybody's like climb that tree and you're like damn it, I have to climb this tree. <laughs> or, like, was there, was there, like, a progression to it? Did you, like, practice on your own and you weren't on the job? Like, how did you get over this? Uh, yeah, I would say a little bit of practice. I mean, um, I did practice not as much as I should have probably, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, most of it probably would be just the guys saying, all right, well, we got to get this done, you know? Mm-hmm. Basically, you're just telling yourself the whole time, you know, like... <laughs> Well, I guess I just have to go a little bit higher, a little bit higher, a little bit higher. <laughs> and is this like, is do you feel like you're past the sphere of cl- of heights, past the sphere of climbing trees, or is this still something that you like kind of grapple with, or like it, what what I mean is like, was there a moment where like I've I've conquered this fear? Like no, it, definitely no? not. <laughs> no, there's still the fear there because I still get stuck and everything. Mm. But, what does that mean by stuck? Um. Well, it's basically to where. You get so fucking nervous <laughs> that you can't you can't think straight. You're just like up there and you're just like mm-hmm. not moving or doing anything conducive to <laughs> taking down the tree. <laughs> and is I mean and then there's also like the aspect of like uh, 
that fear is healthy. Like if you if you yes. don't, if you don't if you don't have a little bit of fear, <laughs> you don't respect the process that you're doing, which is being really high up and in a dangerous yeah. position. Yeah. Like, would you ever want to lose that fear? Is this like, it, or is it like a management of the fear? It's. I, I would say hearing the other climbers talk about it, it would just be the. Uh, um, oh shit. Hearing the other climbers talk, I would think that uh, you still need the fear, but uh, definitely if you can get over it the, as much as possible, mm-hmm. you know, if you can hide it, you don't, or not hide it even, it's just that you have to be able to work with your fear, because mm-hmm. there's climbers there that have been climbing for 15 years, and they say that, yeah, no, I'm still afraid when I'm in the tree, but, you know, you just have to trust your equipment, mm-hmm. that's what they always say. Yeah, just trust the process, trust the training, yeah. like all that. Yeah. Uh, what is something in the next six months that you're looking forward to? Hmm. Next six months. Well, I'll be able to go back to work in a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get back on the streets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I honestly don't know. Um, shoot. Yeah, I have no idea. Because the past, like, what, two months have been a weird, like, weird transition state. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've, uh, for the last probably two and a half years, I've been working full-time, going to school full-time, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, and then to just go from 100 to zero real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, yeah. It's sort of like, uh, like a greyhound losing, like, the rabbit. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. And, uh, I how... Has this like losing the rabbit? Has it like changed the way you think about the like how you'll return back to work, or are you just now chasing the rabbit of going back to work? Um, it's probably gonna change a little bit of how I go to work. Definitely won't speed as much, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that's how it goes. But um, yeah, no, I mean. It probably won't change too much from how I have been going, but yeah, I don't know. And, uh, cause like, so in six months you'll be, it'll be like what, early July, right? Yes. Early July. Like what, is there, like going back to work, that's a big one. Is there something else in there? Is it, is there anything in terms of like other achievements, other like goals? Not at the moment. All I do is work and sleep and eat. <laughs> that's fair. That's a pretty, I mean, that's that's fair, yeah. Uh, you ready to roll into the actual interview? Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs>